Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 144 of Dogcast Radio, which is our Crufts 2013 coverage. And we've sniffed out some great stories for you from the most prestigious pedigree dog show in the world. I was lucky enough to bump into Sarah Fisher on the very first morning of Crufts. Sarah is a Tellington Touch instructor and behaviour counsellor. She's an author and makes regular appearances on radio and TV. And now she's on Dogcast Radio too. I love Crufts, I love the atmosphere and the energy and it's such a great place to meet lots of different people too Yeah. so we've hooked yeah. up with friends from Wood Green Trevor Cooper from Dog Law, Karen yeah. and Menteith everyone from the Kennel Club and it's just a lovely showcase of all the positive aspects yeah. of that great bond between dog and human Yeah. I mean that's the thing, obviously yes you've got a big show, it's a, the most prestigious dog show in the world in that way but it is a celebration of all the aspects of, of dogs and the roles they, they take on for us, isn't it? We've got so many different aspects of the world of dog here as well. We've got the charities, obviously Tony and I are involved in a lot of charitable work as well. Dogs are disabled. You know, there's a representation from every area of the dog world and it's really lovely seeing that being celebrated all under one roof. Yeah, yeah. And I know you and Tony have been celebrating... the you've been supporting the bull breeds haven't you and celebrating as well the bull breeds Tony and I are definitely fans of the bull breeds we own a Staffordshire Bull Terrier and also an English Bull Terrier mix that we adopted from Battersea about six years ago and they make amazing dogs with the right home and with the right understanding and also the appropriate training yeah. and that's why schemes that the Kennel Club run promoting responsible dog ownership are so valuable teaching safety, dogs around children it's such yeah. important information and it's brilliant to be able to take that out to so many people yeah. through crafts yeah. it's a great platform isn't it? Wonderful. it's wonderful yeah. and we haven't even mentioned the shopping I haven't even started yet. I do that last. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Last and thing then to do on the list. We totally can carry it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Have a lovely time, Thank Sarah. you. Lovely to see you. You can find out more about Sarah at the website tillyfarm.co.uk and, as ever, all the relevant links are on the Dogcast Radio website. Trainer Nick Jones regular listeners will be familiar with him was on the Dogs Monthly Stand at Crufts dispensing advice to dog owners. I'm here fielding any questions that come about today with regards to behavioural training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully we've publicised it well enough and we get lots of people coming in and asking these questions. But I've been thankfully writing for the magazine for oh, about seven or eight years now. Yeah. Uh, and I've enjoyed that very much. So it's a, a natural partnership. Yes. Yeah. So have you had anybody call in and ask your advice yet? Yes, I had one lady come in uh, who was struggling with her dog. She lives all the way up in Scotland. She said mm. she had a 10-hour drive to get here. Wow. Uh, so it's a commitment for you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, it took me one hour, so I think yeah, that's, that's uh, a, <laughs> a bit easier. That's OK. Yeah. Uh, but uh, interestingly, she was talking about a, uh, an 18-month-old dog that was jumping up, grabbing her sleeve mm. but uh, and ruining her clothing. So yeah. it wasn't an aggressive behaviour. It was more, I, I, I sense, uh, inappropriate play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And sort of attention, do you think? Look at me, oh, look Potentially, at me. yes. Yeah. And we just looked at some simple ways in which she could make that less rewarding for the dog. Yeah. Uh, dog obviously thinks it's a play thing, uh, which is all good and well. But when you've got a dog that comes up to your knee height uh, doing that, it's, it's not quite so much fun. No. No. <laughs> it can end up on the floor very yeah, quickly, quite, can't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me how many of us with our dogs leave it till the problem becomes really bad till we go, help, I need help. Yeah. It's easier if, you, if people come to you as early as they know there's a problem, isn't it? Well, it is. The sooner the better. Yeah. Uh, 
in, in naturally, it, my business tends to be a, a little bit of a, what we might call a, a, an obligatory purchase, or uh, I'm sure there's a, a good phrase for it, but it's the sort of thing, they come to me and they've tried other options, they may have been searching for a while on the internet, but to no avail. Yeah. And whilst I don't claim to have the definitive answer for every case, what we can do is work together so that uh, we, we can work through the different options yeah. and between the two of us with communication come up with a, uh, a way forward to, to help overcome that behaviour. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you have to tailor it to every person, every dog, yeah. don't you? Yeah, and that's really important that I've always espoused that every dog and owner combination is unique and this is why this is the beauty of having one-to-one training in that we can give the owner a bespoke package if you like it takes into account their lifestyle on a working level whether they have children or not whether they live in a a big house or a small house whether they have a garden Mm. so these are everything needs to be taken into account yeah and that's something we can do when we work together yeah i mean you often hear oh it's always the odor but it's not that's not always a blame like a you're getting it wrong Mm. thing it's just a in your situation it might be better if you did this yes i think it's slightly unhelpful and unsympathetic actually to say well it's always the owner because in fact well often it might be the owner and some changes that the owner could implement that would help but in fact uh, some dogs are genuinely difficult and i've seen many uh, owners that have either bred dogs or shown dogs for years and one dog comes along that takes the biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're finding this. We've had a Labrador and Bichon fine and a Border Collie. We've just gone, I see oh, the my pictures. goodness. Yeah, yes. yeah. But it's so different and, and it's yes. a whole new approach. So yeah. it's helpful if you can get a good behaviourist and trainer to sort of yeah. say, try this. Yeah, and you go, oh, yeah. that works better. And it's, that, that's what it's about. Yes, it? yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'd like to take your questions, but I, I, I'd have to charge you. <laughs> I'm going then. <laughs> but I see the lovely picture. What, what's yeah. that collie's name? Rusty. He's Rusty. a red male. He yeah, looks gorgeous. So. He, he does look um, gorgeous, but he is a... And it's very interesting because what you've got are... Is it a Bichon as well? Bichon, yeah. Yeah, so you have three very, very different breeds yeah. all coming at the dog life from completely different angles, yeah. Yeah, both in terms of their size and their mental sharpness and... Uh, that what they have as an agenda yeah. to do as a dog, as, as yeah. in terms of what they're bred to do. Yeah. So you, you have an interesting household. <laughs> we do, you could call it that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. We'll leave it at interesting, interesting. in inverted commas. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Croft is a great, you know, vehicle to get your message out about training and, and helping people, isn't it? It is, and and it continues for me to be a genuine core passion to to help people to have uh, a good relationship with their dogs. Yeah. It's not actually overly difficult in, in achieving that. Mm. But inevitably, when we live with a dog, they have become a part of the family and some rules and boundaries can become a bit blurred. Yeah. And yeah. that's where, again, coming back to the earlier point we were saying about it's always the owners, as an outsider coming into a household, I can be a little detached and offer some advice yeah. that we can... well the advice is often easy to offer the difficulty can be interweaving that so it works with the family I spoke to a lady yesterday who said well my dog sleeps on the end of the bed I don't particularly have a problem with it neither do I I'd like to say but she we were discussing some ways in which she could get the dog off the bed Mm. but she said the difficulty will be with the family getting them to be consistent with it yeah yeah so if you talk to anybody that does my type of profession you you will get similar responses because we're working with owners in their homes but Mm. I'm I'm a very pro working with owners 
being sympathetic, being cooperative, and that is far more productive way yeah. of achieving things. It's no good berating people no. or making them feel bad because no. they've they been give doing up something. Then, don't they? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, so we're here to help, aren't we? Definitely. Yeah. And are you enjoying Croft so far? No. No, okay, well, I'm... oh dear, never no, mind. Crufts is great. I've been coming yeah. here for a few years. Yeah. Thankfully, I, I, I see a different side of Crufts where it, it is a little bit more work-related, but I still love it. I love the people. I love yeah. seeing people like you, Julie, and it, it gives us that opportunity to, uh, you, you know, catch up. Yes. It's a funny yeah. game, yeah. isn't it? But... And unite and get the right message Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yes. Hurrah, hurrah. Where, where can people find out more about you online, Nick? Thank you. Well, I'm online, of course. My main website is alphadogbehaviour.co.uk. Uh, Facebook I've been uh, enjoying more this year yeah. so it's facebook.com forward slash alpha dog behaviour very good Twitter my username is UK Dog Trainer and I won't go through any more you're not on Google Plus oh yes oh, Google Plus right, yes. <laughs> well actually I'm not sure if you put in alpha dog behaviour on Google Plus I will yeah. also come up there brilliant so if you look most places online you'll find me but my website is a nice central resource yeah, uh, yeah. in fact my website is just due for a, another little refresh shortly well, we'll look so forward that, to that. I'm looking forward to that yeah. too well best of luck today with so all the much. questions you're going to think thank you cheers thank you lovely to see you and you Nick Bye. Nick's always fun as well as informative. Dr Claire Guest is the Chief Executive of Medical Detection Dogs. She's trained some amazing, life-changing dogs and she shared on Dogcast the story of how her dog in training, Daisy, detected her own breast cancer, very probably saving Claire's life. She was launching a new initiative at Cruft. We're really excited about it because, and there's already been a study that indicates dogs can smell breast cancer from a, a breath sample. Yeah. And we've started doing work on cancer with, with breath tubes, and we find that dogs are able to do it really easily. Um, now, um, I actually had breast cancer myself two years ago, and um, my consultant and, and breast surgeon are um, very, very keen to do a study looking at whether we can identify early stage mm. breast tumours from a, from a breath tube. Because so, yours wouldn't have been picked up, would it, indeed. unless the dog had absolutely and a very, very deep breast cancer, yeah. which um, if I hadn't been warned by, by, by one of the working dogs, um, I would have had a very poor prognosis, yeah. because by the time I had felt it, it would have been very advanced. Yeah. So, um, obviously the key, as we know, to survival is early detection, yeah. and the team um, in, our, in our local uh, NHS region are very keen to do a study to find out whether or not dogs are able to identify this early grade stage from a breast sample, so we're really excited and looking forward to training dogs so the dogs the first dogs have started to be in training so Joby here has just started yeah. to work he's eight and a half months he's just oh. learning what it smells like yeah yeah so uh, oh bless and um We've got a long way to go because one of the major things of doing a good study is good sample collection. Yeah. So we need to collect many, many samples. So I possibly I'll be coming back next year and telling you sort of how we progress, but it's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. a year's work. Yeah. We want to get a lot of uh, a lot of samples to make sure the dogs are screening a, a whole range of other conditions. Yeah, yeah, and make sure, sure they're they recognising and reacting to the right things. Yeah. 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 So yeah. are you looking for volunteers? Well, to sort of breathe in tubes. Indeed, yeah. actually. Um, certainly, in the uh, when you get into the clinical trial bit, every tube the dog breathes um, detect, you know, screens yeah. has to have gone through the same process. But in the training phase, actually, um, the, the more tra- training samples we can get, the better. Yeah, and the more variety you know where in the country they've come from yeah. you know age of persons they've come from 
uh, what person's diet might have been, the more variety we can get, the better it is for yeah. our training. So if anybody actually did want to offer, or, you know, had sadly had a diagnosis, um, mm. but wants to sort of blow into some tubes, that would be very, very valuable to us. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say is that these days, once you've had a diagnosis of breast cancer, you're normally treated very quickly. Yeah. And the one thing is that we can't take uh, samples of people who are actually undergoing treatment. Right, because we don't know what's happened to the... the there's been over yeah. change, the yeah. cancer will be changing, yeah. and obviously mm. we don't want to confuse the dog by, no. by no. doing that. So it's quite a small window where somebody yeah. could offer a sample, so it would be... Yeah. You know, so you are looking for people who already have... Breast cancer, have breast yeah. cancer, but yeah. haven't uh, haven't yet been treated. Perhaps they're yeah. waiting for surgery yeah. or treatment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is an amazing development, though, because presumably then yeah. the dogs can be used to screen. Well, indeed, and we've got a team of dogs in it. When I say team, it sounds very posh. We've got two dogs in it in hospital in Italy, and they are wor- actually working in the hospital. But those dogs are actually screening for breast. Um, sorry, for um, prostate, yeah. renal, and bladder cancer. The Italians do seem very open to using it because don't they? Yeah. Aren't they? Don't they use the new fanners that dive out of helicopters they, to they, rescue people? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think in a way it's 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 a bit of a wake up call for us because. You know, in the UK, you know, we love our dogs and we use dogs in a whole variety of ways, mm. but there's still some reticence to use mm. them in certain settings. Yeah. And initially, there isn't this reticence. No. And part of the reason when we started to work over there, we, we travel out fairly frequently. Mm. Um, and it, it's, it's twofold, really. Um, the reason we do this work is obviously it's great for the, for the, for the patients that the dogs are, are, are saving in, in the Italian hospital, but actually, we're learning so much. Yeah. Because we have the opportunity to take dogs into a real setting and they're given samples from somebody that's sitting two rooms away. I mean, they never meet the person. No. They screen the sample and, and give an answer. Um, but, you know, in, in Italy, in this particular hospital, they use dogs not just as pat dogs. So these dogs aren't just coming in to, have, you know, to be patted and, and mm. obviously hugely importantly to improve Although that, that person's is, yes, yeah. um, psychological well-being. But actually what they're doing is the physios will use them as an integrated part of their programme. So if that person has to, you know, has had a stroke sad and needs to stretch their arm 20 times, they put a dog in front of them. Yeah. So, so they lean to the to dog. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, we actually don't integrate it in the UK in this way. You know, a dog wouldn't use as an integral part of physiotherapy. It might come in to visit. So, in fact, the next step of using a dog to screen a sample for them was, well, why not? Yeah. You know, Brilliant. we don't use it. The dog doesn't become the doctor. No. I think that's no. the important part. Mm. It's another diagnostic exactly. tool, isn't exactly. it? Yeah. The, yeah. the doctor still makes a decision. Mm. The doctor looks at the results of the, what the dog thought and what the uh, other yeah. test thinks. So, the doctor still makes that decision mm. of, of where to go. So Fascinating. It's, it's all very exciting. Yeah, it is, because it's going to help so many people and Absolutely. give hope Absolutely. and help people survive, isn't it? And the dogs love it, of course. I mean, yeah. the dogs that we've got out there, one's a Labrador and one's a Spaniel Cross. They're both bonkers anyway. <laughs> and they absolutely love hunting. Oh, so yeah. if they weren't hunting for this, they'd be hunting for yeah. something else. Dogs or, love to have a purpose, don't they? So they, yeah. they, and, and they live on the bottom of a mountainside, so they go for a lovely run every morning. Oh, so. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> Where can people find out more about this online? Well, if they go to our website, www.medicaldetectiondogs.org.uk, um, I'm, we're um, sort of up, uploading new information as, yeah. as often as we can and um, I mean there's so much work to be done and also our medical assistance dogs programme is developing very very good we've got a four year waiting list at the moment but coming down because we're, we're lucky we're able we've just uh, got a new instructor so we've got more dogs in training so we're going to place more dogs than ever this year and Brilliant. it's all very exciting 
one of the lovely things about dogs is that they haven't got a clue and they don't care a bit about how famous someone is. But it never hurts to have a celebrity highlighting a good cause, does it? Actor Tony Head, who's Uther in the BBC's Merlin series or Rupert Giles in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, was at Crufts highlighting the Kennel Club's Bark and Reed scheme. It's a simple premise, basically, that a dog is non-judgmental. Yeah. You bring it into a school where they're, if there are ch- children who are insecure and are struggling with reading, they find it incredibly th- therapeutic and very easy to read to the dog. Yeah. And the dog becomes their friend. And so it's extraordinary. They have a, a, I guess they just don't feel they're being judged. Yeah, yeah. And just so having the dog there is yeah. calming, isn't it? But yeah. actually... I mean, dogs are incredibly therapeutic. I, mean, I was just saying to the, to the person who was sitting there a minute ago, I love, I just, I love watching. When you see a dog walking along the street, you, ju- you just look at the connection between them and their owner. When they look up at the owner, it's just, I, it just melts it's my magic, heart. Isn't it? it just yeah. really is. I yeah. love dogs. So, dogs love working. You know, yes. they love having a job to do, and it's just, it's a great symbiotic relationship. It's just a great way of. of, of them helping the children and in so doing doing something themselves yeah it's great actually to see a greyhound here doing this because a lot of people think greyhounds are marathon runners and they need exercise all day long no it's not the truth no we we um, um, we lost our we had a, a wonderful lurcher uh but they they are the best couch potatoes in the world they'll yeah. they'll leg it for about 10 minutes yeah and then they'll lie down yeah, and they lie down for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit like me. <laughs> Except without the ten minutes. <laughs> but he is—he is very chilled, bless him. Yes, he's very late. If schools or any or, or, uh, young people's organisation are listening to this, can they ask for a visit from a, a reading dog? They can do, yeah. Yeah. And uh, who do they ask? You can go to the kennel club for their bark and reed scheme, uh, and they'll organise for one of the groups to get a dog to go into their school yeah, and visit. And, I mean, Danny, we, we met Danny, and he was like, yeah, cheers. But when the kids arrived, he was like, wow, and he's a completely different reaction. He obviously enjoys it. He loves it, yeah. And the kids love him. It's uh, the human-animal bond. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, uh, and also there's an innocence about children. I mean, there's a knowingness about children, but, the, but with an animal... There really is an instant connection. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. And are you enjoying Crofter so far? Yes. <laughs> you haven't it's, been here that long. It's huge. I am yeah. slightly staggered by the size of it, I must yeah. admit. I mean, I've been to Crofter before, but it is extraordinary. Mm. Like you do need comfortable shoes, don't you? You <laughs> certainly do. Well, I was just saying that somebody ought to, someone ought to hire out segways. But Sarah said, can you imagine the accidents? Well, yeah, yeah. And if you've got a little dog with you trying to keep up, that wouldn't I wouldn't suggest being on a Segway with a dog. dog. You wouldn't. Let's make that clear. Anthony Head is not suggesting... I'm not advocating. No, we have to be clear about that. Don't try it at home. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy the rest of us. Thank you very much. The Heel Work to Music performances at Crufts always draw a huge crowd. And this year, Jenny Deakin led the Kennel Club's activity Heel Work to Music team. I spoke to a couple of their members. The first one coming up now is Julia Moss with her musical Malamute, Memphis. She'll be nine at the end of April. Really? Yes. She so, looks quite. So she looks young, doesn't she? She's, full of, she's, yeah. Yeah, she's We're both middle-aged now, but, <laughs> but she looks better than I do. The best of us are. Yeah, so. 
And how long have you been um, doing heel work to music? Uh, well, since she was about a year. So yeah. yeah, so it's about eight years now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and she's a Malamute. She's an so Alaskan, Alaskan Malamute. Yeah. And, and how do you motivate an Alaskan Malamute? Um, they mainly food? food. It is. Yeah. Yes. Not interested in toys. Has yeah. to be food, sausage and cheese. Yeah. Or coffee walnut gatto is the favourite. She's, You've she's, obviously experimented. Yes, she's, she's a bit of a muffin hound. She likes cakes. Yeah. So. Oh, bless her. Well, you know, with all that dancing, she keeps the weight off, though, doesn't yeah. she? Oh, yeah, we, yeah. we do a lot of exercise and keep, yeah. keep the weight down. Yeah. You obviously enjoy it as well, because you oh, put yeah. a lot of energy into yeah. it. That was a fantastic routine. Yeah, I do ham things up. Yes, it works, yeah. it works. I, I'm actually the sort of the comedy element of the dog dancing <laughs> world, because whenever we go to shows... We just make everybody laugh. Yeah. Because she sings and I dance and generally it all goes haywire, but everybody laughs. But, the thing, but we have fun. Work. Yeah. It does, I mean, I've stood at that ring with the biggest smile on my face yeah. that I have at any ring Good. that I've stood That's at. That's the aim. The aim is to have fun. Yeah. And if you have fun, your dog enjoys it and they have fun yeah so yeah. we just had a good time do you think it helps to, to sort of have that creative streak in you um, I suppose yeah because it helps you work out routines yeah and what to do because there's all there's four different divisions you can do and you've got to think up different routines and different styles for each division yeah so you know the dancers division is different to the freestyle division and things yeah. like that and you've got to think what music suits the dog their pace what, what do you like? Yeah. What do you like dancing to? And then you have to choreograph it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you do have to sort of think about all that. Yeah. And it yeah. takes a And sometimes a costume? Yeah, oh, oh got to have costume. <laughs> yeah. Got to dress up, definitely. Because yeah. I do panto as well, so yeah. dressing up is my yeah. thing. With Memphis or? No, not, no, in Memphis. not, not yet. Not, not yet. No, I'm trying to persuade the director to have a dancing dog in it. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. Yeah, so and do, do you do Hill Works Music competitions? Yeah, we, yes, you do. We do shows, yeah. yeah. And we're, we're not great, I yeah. will say. We, you know, we generally don't win, but, yeah. but we have fun. That's the thing. It's That's about having fun. Yeah. It's the relationship with your dog. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously the camaraderie between you oh, guys. It's as a well. lovely group of people. Everybody's great. Everybody helps you out if you're struggling with things people give you help and advice and encouragement yeah. you know and I've got a really lovely dancing group in the New Forest that, yeah. that I dance with yeah. and I would say that our southern team has won the Interregional Championship two years in a row brilliant yeah, well so, yeah. so and I mean, I'm proud of that yeah and rightly so and I mean you, you've shown whatever breed you've got this you is can... it because Malamutes aren't easy they take a lot of training they're very independent you know they just do things when they want to so if I can do it with a Malamute anybody can do it basically yeah yeah. so I would recommend anybody to go out there whatever breed they've got go and do it have some fun and just you know have a good time yeah well you you were fantastic and we're going to try and get your routine on as well we'll put a link onto that where can people find your southern team online is there a website um there if you look at um Dogkind Training School. That's yeah. that's the lady Jan that runs that. She's she's the manager for the Southern team. Yeah. So, so dogkind.co.uk. Yeah. yeah dogkind.co.uk. Okay. Yeah. She she organises the Southern team for everybody, and she's say we've won it twice now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really pleased. Brilliant. Well, thank you for that's sharing right. your routine because it's right. really quite a smile on my it. face. And I'm glad I made everybody laugh. <laughs> yes. That's my aim. Cheer everybody up. You've succeeded. Yeah, so. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. One of the dogs on the team is Deaf. Here's owner Sandra Hallam to tell us about her talented Deaf Spaniel, Henry. 
Yes, Henry's deaf. He went deaf about two years ago. He was already dancing, um, but uh, when he went deaf, I just assumed he wouldn't be able to do it yeah, anymore. Yeah. So, As a human, you, you do yeah, assume. No, you? Yeah, I just thought, well, that's that. We can't dance anymore. But he was really miserable without it. So, and I danced with another dog. Yeah. And he saw me training her. And that made things even worse. Oh, bless him. So um, I just decided that there must be a way around it and we'd have a go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how, I mean, obviously, he's not going to hear you giving verbal commands. No, that's So right. how do you work around it with him? What we do is we started to learn sign. I thought, well, dancing is about movement yeah. and body language. And some of the moves actually are using your hands and your legs anyway. Yeah. So I thought, well, if we can convert that to a sign that actually means a specific move, so there were very obvious moves to start with, and then bit by bit we've made them more subtle so that it becomes part of the dance. Yes, yeah. And of course dogs do read body language well anyway. Yes. So it, yes. it's not the huge adjustment it would be for a person, is it? I don't think so, no. Um, and obviously, um, to, to teach him some basic commands, you can use very obvious signals. Yeah. So for ha- uh, commands in the house, so for sit, I use a, a fist just, yeah. to get, just to give him an obvious yeah. sign. A recall, you can use your arms wide open um, yeah. and you can use some very exaggerated signs, which is what we started with. Yeah. Then I yeah. realised we could make them a little bit more subtle yeah. and move it on a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And how do you praise a deaf dog? I praise him. Well, his reward is always food. He loves food. So any any bits of, uh, I make him salmon cake, liver <laughs> cake. He loves a bit of roast pork, <laughs> a bit of roast chicken. Um, but in order to get that, he does a move. To be told that he's got the move right, I give him a thumbs up, then he knows the reward's coming. Yeah. And then if I'm teaching another move, what I'm trying to do, so if I'm in, indoors and trying to uh, teach a more complicated move, maybe he, he's looking away from me, so maybe I'm wanting to go away from me. I'm using torchlight. Yeah. So I've actually started to use torchlight so that he can move ahead of me. I can show him the torchlight, and then I can send the food in the right direction. So he still knows he's getting the he's getting the well done, good boy reward mark. But and then he knows the food's on its way. So yeah, we're finding ways all the time of how to do it. Yes. And I mean, you are you've been so successful. You were featured in a TV show over Christmas in the UK, weren't you? That's right. Dog can dance. We were. Yes. What was that like? Well, we actually went to audition just for the fun and the experience, and were absolutely surprised and delighted when we were selected as one of the five contestants um, and he was amazing absolutely yeah, amazing yeah. and yeah, we came third and uh, he was an superstar and he coped so well with all of it yeah. but the crew were very good they really understood about his deafness so things because he feels a lot of vibrations so what we try and do is make sure he's experienced the vibration of the music say before he actually performs yeah. so we always make sure he's heard the music in that environment beforehand yeah. felt the vibrations and has a little practice oh yeah and I know I mean it's a great message to get out that you know disabled dogs you know can still achieve and they're trainable and they can have fun and, and live a normal life can't they uh, they certainly can in fact uh, Henry's been invited by the Deaf Dog Network yeah uh, called the DDN and they're a charity and they're trying to help a lot of deaf dogs and help to teach them some signs and get them some experience in, in, in some excellent so basically yeah. some basic training and Henry's going to help them with that great. doing some demonstrations yes. so yes the and word's getting out there that deaf dogs can work by sign language excellent and I know Henry lives 
lives in a very mixed pack, doesn't he? He does indeed. <laughs> yes, he's got his two girls, two tricolour cavaliers, and then he lives also with three Bernese mountain dogs, oh, yes. one of which also dances. Oh. <laughs> uh, but and they, they all get, get, on, yeah. get on superbly, yeah, oh, absolutely brilliantly. Yeah. Thanks ever so much, and thanks for, for showing us Henry's routine. You're very Brilliant. welcome. Thank you. The Blue Cross is a wonderful charity with a very interesting history. It's well worth looking them up and finding out more about them. Tracy Jennifer is the Education Development Manager and she told me how the Blue Cross supports grieving pet owners, which is that time when many of us need that little bit extra support. We've got a, a helpline um, and anyone anywhere in the UK can ring up. Um, we're open from 8.30 to 8.30 mm. um, every day of the year. Um, people who are... Uh, bereaved, their pet has, has died, or perhaps they have to give up their pet. They might have had to yeah. give it up for rehoming, yeah. for instance, um, or they're about to lose their pet. Maybe mm. their pet's ill, um, and perhaps they don't have anyone to talk to. Sometimes people find that um, people are very nice to them to start with, and then they're, mm. they're fed up with it. Oh, it's only a dog, or it's only a cat. Yeah. And so, to have someone that's trained to listen is really nice for them, and they can talk as long as they like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a really important point to make. That you know, yes, when you lose them, it's horrible. But I mean, with with our buddy, our Labrador last year, yeah. we came. Well, we thought we were coming very close to losing him, and we didn't know. And the future was, you know very unseeable and I didn't know whether he'd still be with us luckily luckily he is and I had you know family to talk to but that that is a time when you really need someone who understands what you're going through isn't it yeah and all of our volunteers who ran the helpline they're all trained but they've also all experienced pet loss themselves yeah. um, and so they are they are very sympathetic to what people are going through and say happy to listen and and people can go through all sorts of stages from being obviously being sad but also being angry yeah. um, and, and so those sort of things they can help them through those by by listening to them and and you know clarifying how people really think about things the other thing we find is people might phone on behalf of somebody else Hmm. trying to help someone else through it it might be their children that are really having trouble because the cat's died and they don't know what to tell the children or they don't know how to to help them through that time and so we have got some leaflets that people can can use as well but things like memory boxes or painting pictures of the animal Hmm. or putting all their treasured treasured things belonging is yeah. and photographs into one little little basket or something might really help them yeah because initially it's so painful mm. you almost want to sort of shut off from it and not yes. not think about it but you do need to sort of work through it and, and commemorate them don't you yes and we've we've actually got also um memorials online on the blue cross mm. website so people can can write a little piece about their animal maybe mm. put a picture up about them and i have heard people find that really helpful yeah i, yeah. I just don't wonder how many tears are shed when people are typing those up um but they find it's really really a nice way of of um, you know saying that the animal did exist and yeah. sharing how they felt about it yeah yeah, you, you just reminded me of Ted Carasotti who wrote um, Merle's Door, and it was about his dog Merle. And you know, all his mm. readers have sort of taken Merle into their hearts. Yeah. But he said that was part of his grieving process to write Merle's autobiography. Yes. So it, it does help, doesn't it? It's very yeah. therapeutic. It does, and some people feel that they can't, won't be able to speak to a stranger, but they'd like. Mm. But then they can put an email. So we have a he- email service. Yeah. So whereas we take about six thousand calls a year, we take about a thousand emails, and people. Yeah can tell them how they felt on the email and one of the things that people find really assuring reassuring is that 
it's really natural what they're feeling. Yeah. You know, their their grief is is real, and it's um it's it's like losing a friend. It yeah. is losing yeah. a friend that they've loved, and so why wouldn't they feel yeah. sad about it? Yeah. It's not till you go through it yourself that you kind of understand how you can feel. Am I entitled to this this grief? Yeah. Which without, it's like a tsunami, isn't it? And you think, yeah. but it's for a dog. Am I really entitled to have this? Yeah. And people will feel um, that they might have. I, a friend of mine had lots of different dogs and actually one dog in particular was the one that she couldn't get over yeah uh, it was a sudden loss um, oh. so there was a shock involved but she still she found it really hard to come to terms yeah. with that and that may be where you need that little bit of extra support by you know phoning up somebody and talking to them about it yeah yeah um, people do talk about heart dogs don't they these special mm. dogs that get, you know really have a special place yeah. it does seem you, you click extra well with some dogs yeah yeah yeah. And we get people phoning up about all different types of animals. Mm. Um, yeah, mostly it is dogs and cats, but also horses, parrots. Yeah. And obviously parrots can live 50 years. Imagine yeah. that loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people can phone up about anything they want, and we're, we're happy to talk to them yeah. about that. If it's been part of your life every day yeah it's a loss isn't it whether it's a gerbil or a you know goldfish or as you say a parrot that's been with you years and years yes that's right yeah if someone's looking for that kind of support where can they find out more online if they go onto the blue cross website it's bluecross.org.uk um we've got under the pet advice thing there's things about the helpline about the email line um there's our literature that um there's leaflets like this one Mm -hmm. um that can help you uh, if you just want to read about something to support somebody um and the and the pet more are on there as well yeah great are you having a good craft very good <laughs> it's nice to come somewhere quiet <laughs> it's, we're on saturday at the moment it's crazy it isn't is it? It's really yeah, is yeah. yeah but it's a great way to to get your message out it is yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's blue cross need to be here yeah yeah definitely mm. thanks for your time tracy thanks, enjoy Julie. the rest of craft cheers have you ever seen a party poodle no not a poodle looking for a good time a poodle with mixed colouring. Well, one caught my eye at Crufts and I found out more from owner Sarah Bingham. Well, he's a purebred poodle which is Kennel Club registered Mm. but on his registration the colour will be non-recognised. Yeah. Now, they're called party-coloured poodles um, and poodles were this colour as well as solids right back in history. Poodles are are very old established breed yeah. and this is they were for hunting weren't they? exactly yeah. exactly a very versatile dog yeah and an active yeah. very active yeah. Blaze is here to do a promotion for agility yeah uh, which he absolutely loves uh, and they use them for oh, field sorry. tries gun dogs very very versatile strong healthy breed yeah yeah but the color right the color well poodles used to be back in history yeah this color as well as solid there's a lot of artwork going 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th century, depicting poodles as two colours. But as far as research with the Kennel Club shows, that around the 1900, it was decided by breed clubs, presumably, that the colour was undesirable. So when they occurred in litters, they were culled. So when we got to about the 1980s, to our knowledge, there were no standard party-coloured poodles back in this country. It is a natural recessive gene, uh, cropped up again in America. Uh, So I bought... I love my poodles, love the colour as well as my solids. So I bought myself a party poodle in from America. So when we say recessive... 
both parents have to have that party gene, otherwise it won't occur in the puppies. Okay, yeah. I mean, he looks beautiful to me. Thank you. Um, But I I am a little biased. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess it, it's part of the fashions and, and bandwagons, in a way, isn't it? That exactly. some things are acceptable. There and then... aren't any other health issues. It's purely a colour yeah. um, issue. There's no These health solid... problems that are carried with it. They, so unfortunately, have exactly the same health yeah. issues yeah. as their colour, the solid yeah. counterpart. I love all, but yeah. I think it's fascinating. Um, I just think it's a lovely colour. Yeah. And he just happens to be a lovely dog who I adore. Yeah. Though yeah. I do have solids at home as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I... He's a bit special. And he's here doing agility? He's here on behalf of the Kennel Club doing an agility demonstration in the ring over here. So he's very much fit for purpose, isn't he? Very much fit for purpose. And he competes. He even won the, um, in 2011, the UK Tug Enough Grand Finals, where the semi-finals were over the country. And he actually won the finals. Tug Enough is a um, brand name oh, for agility I've got, I've got a team toys. of poodles doing a tug of war there. Yeah, That's what course. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what I went But to. we do use tug, tug toys yeah. to get them into a... It's a, a great... Yeah, yeah come on, great motivation. Yes, yeah. a motivation. Okay, so tell me, where can people find out more about you and uh, your We have the Party Poodle Club, which yeah. I am the chairman of, which if they'd like to go onto the internet and put in the Party Poodle Club, okay. party being P-A-R-T-I, because it means party coloured yeah. uh, not in, out for a good time <laughs> we are out for a good time but yes it's party coloured as used in other breeds as well that term of knowledge the kennel club use yeah, but at the moment on very his rare. pedigree says non-recognised oh, and yet he's very recognisable uh, he it's, is it's amazing he he's certainly attracted our attention this thank morning. you very much well I hope you've enjoyed our Crufts 2013 coverage do check the Dogcast Radio website because we have some extra interviews there that are audio only. Our next show will include an interview with Dr Brian Hare about his citizen science investigation into dog intelligence, dognition, and could Reiki help your dog? Well, you can hear more about that from Rob Fellows, who's a Reiki master. Until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident Dogcast Radio. That's all one word, Dogcast Radio. By email, you can contact me on Julie at dogcastradio.com When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny.